Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. Are you desperate for some healing? Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way when there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can say. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. You can Broken dreams and wasted years Until the past to disappear oh, Let me tell you about my Jesus And all the wrong turns that you would Go and undo if you could Who can work it all for your good Let me tell you about my Jesus He makes a way when there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave And the good news is I know that He can do for you what He's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 Pay the price for all my guilty. Who would care that much about me? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Whoa. He makes a way when there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can say. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and His grace is free. And the good news is I know that He can do for you what He's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. to you today and thank you so much for who you are. We thank you, God, that uh, you've allowed us to come into your uh, house today. We pray for each one that is here. We pray for those that are not here, Lord, to take care of them. And uh, Lord, we just pray for Brother Darrell as he lift up, uh, lifts up your word to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Every time I try to make it on my own Every time I try to stand I start to fall All those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground Friends I had were nowhere to be found. I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. And there was Jesus. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken Every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know or couldn't see you, there's Jesus. For this man. There was Jesus There was Jesus In the waiting, in the searching In the the healing and the hurting Like a blessing buried in the broken pieces Every minute, every moment Where I've been and where I'm going Even when I couldn't see it. There was Jesus on the mountain, in the valleys. There was Jesus in the shadows of the alleys. There was Jesus in the fire and the a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know it, I couldn't see it.
share a little bit, update y'all about what the Gideons are doing right now. Uh, there's a lot going on. I was trying to figure out how to make this short and sweet. Um, I don't know if y'all all know, but uh, James Pagan joined the Gideons last fall. And uh, if you notice he's not here today, it's because he's with one of our other guys, Bob Sowell from First Baptist. And they're doing a Gideon presentation at uh, First United Methodist Church in Harrisburg this morning. So he's, uh, this is his first chance to go to a church and help with, uh, we call him the prayer partner for the speaker. And so we're, we're really pleased that James has come aboard with us. Um, another thing y'all probably don't know, and Matt will get all embarrassed here in a minute, but uh, the last couple of years, he's been assisting the uh, state convention uh, video audio visual guy, and he is about to take that over probably next convention uh, coming up uh, this next year. And so we're real happy that Matt's doing that. Um, the other guy is uh, too old to do the work. Not my words, his words. That's exactly what he told me last convention. He said, I'm getting too old to do this, Tony. He's glad Matt's come alongside him and started doing that. Um, about a, three Sundays ago, four Sundays ago, y'all might have noticed Kathy and I weren't here. Uh, we got a chance to speak at Calvary Baptist in Harrisburg. So we went over there. That's only the second church that I've got a chance that, that most any of us have spoken in since COVID kicked in several years ago. So we're finally starting to get back in the churches. Um, James and myself went yesterday to Mark Tree. They had a First Baptist down there, did a block party, and so they invited us to come down. We handed out uh, 18 testaments yesterday to young folks which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but if any of y'all that do any gardening, we know every seed planted counts. And so we're just, we're just thankful to be able to do that kind of stuff. So um, I don't know people watching on the live stream or any visitors or whatever, but uh, the Gideons can now actually do uh, Bible distributions at vacation Bible schools. Uh, so we're, we're reaching out to all the pastors, um, uh, Bob, myself, and uh, Bryant Terrell went over to the uh, Trinity Baptist Association meeting on Tuesday night at Wiener, and I pulled into the parking lot at Greenfield Baptist and looked around. I called Bryant. I said, hey, where is everybody? He said, right there at the First Baptist Church. I said, well, I'm sitting here at Greenfield Baptist Church. He goes, you moron, it's at Wiener Baptist Church. And so anyway... I made it there before the end of the line got through the food, so you know I drove. But anyway, so uh, a lot of things going on. The Gideons are uh, trying to get back in churches. You know, we, that COVID kind of hurt us pretty bad for a couple years there, but 
We, uh, we, we're trying to get back in churches. One of the things, and it's not just uh, a Gideon thing, I think as Christians, Daryl has actually preached on this before, but one of our management meetings a few months ago, we were talking about the urgency of sharing the gospel. Uh, I, I distinctly remember when we were still over in the gym, Daryl preached one Sunday. We don't have time to argue about the who wants the vaccine and don't, or mask or no mask, or sports, or who's kneeling this week, or even the weather. We need to be witnessing about Jesus. That's what we need to be talking about. Got a chance yesterday to talk to several people as we were handing out those testaments. You know, we really like to target the younger crowd. I mean, we'll share testaments with anybody, but there were several um, 10, 12, 20-year-olds yesterday that I got to talk to personally. And, uh, you know, I, nobody accepted Jesus right then, but again, it's that seed planted, and we're just happy to be able to do that. So... Um, just keep the Gideons in your prayers because we're, we're still out there trying to, trying to do the Lord's work and trying to do it as quickly as we can. So, yes. Okay. That's the main thing you told me. I about forgot that, didn't I? I'm glad Amy's in the nursery. So last, tu last Tuesday night, so we went to TBA on Thursday. Tuesday night, Tuesday night, um, James Bryant, and myself did a Bible distribution at the county jail. Uh, we're going once a quarter now to, uh, to hand out scriptures there at the jail. Um, Sheriff Mulder is a very strong supporter of the Gideons, and we're real happy about that. But for the first time, we were able to get a couple of our ladies. Our wives are called the Gideon Auxiliary. And we got uh, Kathy and Amy went with us, and they went into the ladies' Uh, area. It's a big open room. Uh, got to witness to several ladies there, uh, hand out scriptures to them, pray with them. And then um, one of the reasons that we wanted the ladies to go, besides doing God's work, uh, we're trying to start um, a, a ministry of some sort in the jail. Like I said, uh, Sheriff Mulder is really uh, supportive of the Gideons, but he's also supportive of anybody that wants to come and do ministry work at the jail. He knows that those people there are needing Jesus bad. And so Kathy and Amy went and, uh, and, and kind of broke the ice, for, for, per se, to, to get in there. So Amy is really on board now with spearheading and, and some kind of a ministry to the women over there at the jail. So um, hopefully we can support her. Um, if there's any of the other ladies, anybody that's interested in doing that, uh, holler at Amy, get with her, and tell her that uh, you know, you'd like to help the, with that ministry. She's putting together some literature right now and, and different things, and so um, we'd really like to see that grow and uh, it becomes something permanent. So anyway, is that it? Okay. All right, if you have your Bible, Hebrews chapter 11. So we go through the book of Hebrews on Sunday, Hebrews 11. Just one verse 
verse 7 about Noah as the Hebrew pastor goes through and talks about a lot of Old Testament saints, uh, examples of faith. Noah, verse 7, Hebrews 11. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear. I want you to see that, pay attention to that phrase especially. Moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Okay, there's just one verse that he uses. If you look at Genesis 5, 6, and 7, which we, we won't, but there, there's this story of Noah and the ark, and it's an incredible, incredible story of faith. When I think about it, it's hard to rank stories of faith, you know, and who had the most faith. It's really hard to do that because, well, it's just hard. Everybody's got their own, their own opinion about that. But faith is really based on who God's dealing with at the time. And I might do something that doesn't even compare, and I, nothing I do will compare to anything that, that he did. But, you know, it can be a real big deal for me. And so faith is just really hard to quantify qualify as, boy, that's a lot or that's not much because you don't know who the person is. Uh, so, warned of God, you need to do this. There's going to be a great flood and you need to build this ark, okay? Dee Dee and I went to Kentucky. A lot of you have been there too and seen the replica, uh, their idea, and that's all we've got. Nope, there is no biblical picture of what the ark looked like. Uh, kind of along with the message, God did give Noah some instruction. But when you read the story of God giving Noah instruction, there's not much there. And that's going to be kind of the point. But I was so curious when we, when we went to see the replica of the ark in, in Kentucky, and they did. They, they built it according to the uh, specifications that the Bible does record, uh, height, length, width. Um, when you read the story, this is what I was the most curious about. Everybody will have their own thing that they're curious about when they see the replica of the ark. I was curious about that part in the story of God telling, telling Noah to build the ark and his, Noah and his wife, three sons and their wives. Um, it's not real plain, but is included in the story that 120 years uh, did it take 120 years to build the ark? The, it, when, the way it reads, it's, just, it's not real plain. I think that's what it means, but I wasn't real sure. So I was curious. I had never seen the, seen the replica before. We drove up. You've got to get in a bus, and it takes you back to the ark. And uh, there, you, you know, step out of the bus and, and look up. And, and I, I was just extremely curious. And in their replica, and, and I guess it kind of had to be like this, um, it would be about twice as tall as our, as the sanctuary is, okay, about twice that tall, about twice this wide, okay, and then however long, I think it's a football field and a half, whatever it is. So you step out of the bus and, and you look up, and they, they have one by six planks, one by six planks. 
here, you know, all the way around. And the whole outside, twice as tall as this is, twice as wide as this is, and how, however long, one by six planks. And uh, since I build or used to build, that's really interesting to me. No power tools. Uh, even their hand tools are very, very crude. And so they have to take a, a log. They have to cut down a log with some kind of axe, whatever they had. So you have, to, you have to cut down the log, and then you have to turn that log into, into relatively smooth one-by-six boards with no power tools, nothing, all right? That takes incredibly long, and it's in, it is incredibly hard. I've never had to do that. And, you know, you take this log, you turn it into one-by-six, and let's just say Ham's in charge, all right, this, one of the sons. All right, Ham, you're in charge of the one-by-six boards on the whole thing. And so Ham's working, and he turned this round log into a plank, and he gets, there's one, you know. There's one. Dad, I got one. Okay, Ham, you've got 100,000 more to, more to go. When I looked at that boat, the ark, it's not really a ship. It's not really a boat. It's an ark. It's a huge wooden box. And, and I looked at that, and I looked up, and I looked around, and I saw the one-by-six planks. I said, yeah, I, I think it would take 120 years. So you got a man, wife, his three sons, and I don't know if I'm going to get this far with that part of it, and their wives working on this incredible uh, adventure of faith just because God said to. It had never rained. It had never rained yet. And God said, Noah, I want you to build this huge wooden box. And I know you're not a builder because there was no need for huge wooden boxes at that time. But I want you to build this huge wooden box because it's going to rain. And Noah must have said, well, I, I don't know what you want the box for, and I don't even know what rain is. So, and the more you think about it, the more you con contemplate, just, just go over the story that the pastor refers to in just one verse. It's an incredible step of faith. And it says, the scripture says that, that he moved with godly fear. Move with godly fear. He was more afraid to not do it than do what God said. Okay. Now, uh, I'm going to go back a little bit. When you read the instructions that God gave him, he, he, he gave him width, uh, width, height, length. He gave him a little bit of instruction on how to coat the wood inside and out. Then he gave him some instruction. And oddly enough, he spent most of the time the instruction on the window at the top. And he, he, he did tell him how high and how many stories. But now during the instruction of the ark of building the boat, I want you to notice they didn't say anything about the animals yet. He didn't, he didn't explain it to him. That's really the point I want to make to you. He didn't explain it to him yet. He just said, no, I, I want you to obey me. 
And I want you to take this incredible step of faith to start building this huge, you know, it's one thing for God to say, I want you to build a box. But it's another way, thing to say, I want you to build a box two or three times bigger than this church. Okay? And because it's going to rain, and Noah said, I don't even know what rain is. But he was more afraid to not do it. So he's, he's got instruction on height, width, length, a little bit on how to coat the inside and the outside, and then instruction on the, on, the, on, the, on the window at the top, but hadn't even talked about the animals yet. In fact, he doesn't have to go and get them. When it comes time to, to the animal part, God just says, they'll, they'll, they'll come. And Noah must have been, <laughs> What? You know, God said, no, they'll, they'll come, and you just, you just sit still. They're going to come to you. You don't go have to go and get them, but that's the animal part. When I read the story again, and I thought about the story again, I thought about the incredible number of things that God did not tell him how to do it. And that really helped me, because I've told you before as we've looked and are looking and have looked quite a bit already, even down to verse 7 about this chapter of faith, that that, that is my struggle. Uh, I'm much better at knowing what to do, but I struggle with, okay, Lord, how am I going to do it? And so it's, it, it, it did strike me, I guess, because that's the, the part of the issue that I wrestle with the most, the number of things that God didn't tell him. But he's, you know, I want you to do this. But how do I do it? I just want you to start. I just, I just want you to do this. You'll figure it out. You'll, you'll figure it out. When we went uh, in the ark, I don't know if some, some of you have been there. It is, it is three stories tall. So there are stories, of course. And then you get to the top, and there are, I don't know, uh, I've lost count, four or five uh, mm, columns inside the ark that support the stories as you go. And the columns are all one tree. And so I, I couldn't reach around it. All right, I'm doing this because I'm trying to show you the size. I'm not trying to give you a hug. I'm doing this just to show you the size. I couldn't reach around it. And the column goes from the, uh, the bottom to the top. And so probably 45 to 50 feet tall. And it's all one piece. And you can, you can tell that. How are you going to raise four or five logs, trees up, stand them upright, and get them to stay there with nothing to work with? No power tools? How are you going to do that? In fact... You could go along step by step and ask, and ask and wonder, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get this done? And he didn't know how long he had, but for 120 years, they worked on this. And they worked on this, and they worked on this. Uh, last week, we're getting ready to put a new roof on the parsonage, and we're going to, over, over a window, uh, wife wanted a, just a simple frame so we could put a roof o over that. So I've got to build just a simple frame 
And I used to build. That's, that's what I did. Build a sim simple frame with posts, and, you know, easy to do. And I started working on it. But I, yeah, I hadn't done that for a few years. So I made a little mistake here, made a little mistake there, got it up. And I thought, well, that's not quite right. That's not what I intended to do. Here's the point. I made these little mistakes along the way because I haven't done this for a little while. So I made mistakes along the way. Had to take it down. Well, I had to adjust that. That was Noah's life. He's never done this before. His sons have never done this before. Nobody knows how to do this. But God told him to do it. Right there. I've never done this before. Surely God's not going to ask me to do something I've never done before. No, the Bible's full of stories. God asking men to do, women, people to do things they've never done before. That's not an excuse. I've never done it before. That won't work. That will not work. He doesn't accept that. Okay? Well, God, you haven't explained everything along the way. He doesn't accept that. I'm sorry. I, I, I know you want that to work. I know you want that. I know you want to be able to use that excuse. I've never done it before. I'm not good at that. You know, if God had chosen a carpenter that built arcs, then maybe we could see it. But that's not who he was. He picked a man according to his character. He chose a man according to his character. And then he began to work with that man. It's... I thought about the incredible number of mistakes that Noah must have made along the way. The incredible number of times, Ham, look, I know you're halfway up, but that road doesn't work. You've got to tear all of that out. Dad, no, you've got to tear. If we're going to live, with, live in this thing, but Dad, why are, why are we living in this thing? I don't know. That's just what God said to do. And, and mistake after mistake, Dad, do I have to tear that out? Yeah, we've got to do this right, and on and on and, and on, on it goes. Here's a, a quote on the screen, and there's a, an outline of this on the back side of your announcements too, if you'd like to use that. Mistakes mark the road to success. I love this quote because most people don't, don't think so at first. Mistakes mark the road to success. He who makes no mistakes makes no progress. Make sure you generate a reasonable number of mistakes. Some of you are saying, hey, I'm, I'm doing real, I'm doing good. Make sure you generate a reasonable number of mistakes. There's a story I, I tell often. Dee Dee and I, I think we were married. I'm not sure. Maybe we were dating. If we were married, we hadn't been married very long. So I took her with me to cut wood. And it sounds like we were dating, and I took her on a woodcutting date. And some of you might, you can go on a Walmart date, a Lowe's date, you know, cutting wood date. We've done some things with cattle where I take her, and it's, you know, I, I'm not even going to talk about that. But we were, we, were, we were cutting wood. She'd never run a chainsaw before. We were cutting out at my, at my folks' place. She'd never run a chainsaw before. Okay, where I was raised, very different from where, where we live now, very different. Uh, I was raised in the land of rocks. 
you didn't dig a hole without rocks, and there's rocks e everywhere. When you're cutting wood where I was raised, you never uh, cut through the log and let your chainsaw go into the dirt, ever. Why? Because it's not really dirt. It's rocks. You never let the chainsaw go into the, into the dirt. So she wants to know, she wants to learn how to use the chainsaw. All right, here, here you go. Right into the dirt, right into the rocks. Okay, the, the, the chain, I don't, know if you, if, I don't know if you know this, you touch that chain and rocks, it's, it's, it's done. Okay, it's dull. So we have to pack up and go back to the, to the shop and sharpen the chain. My dad's there. I said, why, why are you back so soon? Well, I let her, you know, run the chainsaw, and Daddy felt bad. I'm sorry. And Dad said, if you never make a mistake, you never do anything. If you never make a mistake, you never do anything. Now, I think Dad liked her more than me because I don't remember grow, growing up when I made mistakes like that. I don't remember those wise sayings coming out, you know. But she gets, if you never make a mistake, you never, you know, I thought, this is incredible. I need to take her with me everywhere I go. If you never make a mistake, you never do anything. If you don't make sure you generate a reasonable number of mistakes. I have a feeling my son is sitting here thinking the same, <laughs> thinking the same thing. Dad, I don't remember you being like that. But isn't that true? It, but see, we're kind of crazy like that. We've been taught in our culture to not make mistakes. I, I get that. I mean, I'm not, it, it almost seems like I'm encouraging you to make some. But the, the, here's the truth. I know you're going to make some. Because you, if you do anything, you're going to make some. And I'm not encouraging them. I just know they're going to happen. Well, you know what? God knows that too. God knows that too. And it's really okay because he didn't explain it all. He didn't draw it all out on a map. He did not give Noah a detailed drawing of the ark. There was, there was no such thing. Here's what I want. Height, width, length, pitch on the outside, a window at the top. Go. Go. No more details than, than that. We're trained in our culture that sometimes, I, sometimes, I mean, you, you live here too. It's almost like a mistake's the worst thing, but it's not that way with God. It's not that way with Him. You need to, because you're doing something, you need to generate a reasonable number of mistakes. And maybe you won't hear this very often from preachers along the way but God says that's okay because you're doing something moving along in our thinking John, 1 John chapter 2 verse 20 King James uses the word unction the only time the word unction is used in this scripture my new, new King James and your, your NIVs most translations will use the word anointing but if you have, but ye have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I'm going to concentrate on that unction. You have an unction from the Holy One. I, I just like that word, so I'm going to use that. 
I like the word anointing too, but I just like the word unction more. You need to work unction into your conversations more. But you have an unction from the Holy Spirit. Well, we don't use that word a whole lot. You have this prompting. You have this calling. You have this anointing. You have this speaking. You have this moving from the Holy Spirit. You have this uh, prompting, this calling where God's Spirit is, is speaking to you. He's trying to move you. He's trying to draw you. And maybe he's trying to push you. I don't know if you've ever, I, I've used it this way before. I don't know if you've ever felt this, but if I could put my hand on my back, I've felt the Holy Spirit as he draws me, but I've also felt the gentle hand of the Holy Spirit on my back as he prods me, pushes me. And when I use the word push, I don't mean shove. I just mean push. As he's pushing me along, you need to keep going. You need to keep it up. You need to go. This is not time to stop. This is not time to quit. It's not time to back up. You need to keep going. And I felt that general hand of, of, of his spirit on my back. I felt him as, as he almost like a almost like a rope, almost like a Holy Spirit rope as he pulls me along. He draws me. So he prompts me. He he put a gentle push, a draw. An unction. Something something talking to me. Someone talking to me. As he deals with me about do this or make that call or make that make that move. As the Holy Spirit moves. Somebody asked me recently, has the Holy Spirit just stopped moving? No, not not at all. Jesus said, my father, Jesus said, I'm at work. My father's at work. We're always at work. Has the Holy Spirit stopped moving? He said, no, not, not at all. It's up to us to respond to it. The Holy Spirit hasn't stopped moving at all. And he's moving with you. This unction, this movement, this pushing, and now it's time to respond. He did that with Noah to build this, build this ark. And I know that Noah was afraid to do it, but thank God he was more afraid not to. And so he did, uh, was obedient to that unction from God's spirit. Now the last uh, phrase, I know uh, if you're looking at your hard copy of the out outline, there's a whole lot more, but I, I felt early this morning that this is probably where I'm going to stop, and I, and I am. You don't really believe until you act. You don't really believe until you act. Go out and make some good mistakes. You know what that means, right? Go out and make some good mistakes. But here, one of the reasons we're afraid we're afraid of making a mistake. Well, God didn't tell me exactly how, and God didn't tell me exactly where, and God didn't tell me how it's all going to work out. God didn't give me a blueprint, and I can't use that as, as an excuse. I feel that 
that unction from his spirit. I feel the prompting to whatever it might be, to go talk to someone or, or write that note or send that uh, card or make that call or, or whatever it might be. Well, you know, here's the thing. It could just be me. Yeah, it could be. But if it's something good, you, you're, you're going to make a mistake along the way. But that's okay. God says it's okay. It's, it's okay to make some good mistakes along the way. I really hadn't planned to include this, but Tony was talking about the, the ministry as it's beginning to unfold in the, in the jail. I think it was about a year, year and a half ago, deacons and I were praying about outreach. And I mentioned the town, I mentioned the town of Harrisburg about outreach. General Baptists don't have anything in that town. While we were praying, and I mentioned that town, one of, one of the deacons said, well, the county jail is in Harrisburg. I said, well, you know what? I hadn't thought about that. And we started to pray about that. And been about a year, year, year and a half ago, just praying, just seeing what God might do, seeing what doors might open up. A friend of some of us in the church, Dr. Foster, became the chaplain at the jail, uh, I don't know, two or three months ago. We hadn't expected that. So he gives me a call and we talk and, and I said, Dr. Foster, just I just have to tell you, we've been praying about doing some things in the in the in the jail, didn't know how to start, didn't know who to call, didn't know who to he said, Well, I'm the guy to talk to. And so we talked. Uh, about a month ago, uh Sheriff Mulder uh we had a, he had a meeting with some churches in the area. Our church was there, and he's asking for churches to come in and to help. We never planned this. We never sat down and wrote a blueprint out. In when the deacons and I met and were praying about outreach, and somebody said, "You know, going into the jail." I didn't sit there and think, I know how to do that. I know exactly what to do. No. Every step along the way when people ask me, how are we going to do it? I don't have any idea. I don't have any idea. Well, you know, as long as God knows, <laughs> it's okay. As long as God knows, and as long as you walk with him, you don't have to know as long as God knows. And so you could ask me a hundred questions. How are we going to do it? What are we going to do? What's it going to look like? And every time I'm going to say, I don't know. I don't know. That's up to God. My job is to walk with him and to do what he asks us to do. We're going to make mistakes along the way. And all we're doing is walking through open doors. As God opens the door. Now, when he closes the door, I'm not going to walk through a door that he closes. But as he opens the door, all we're trying to do is just walk through those doors. I don't know what's on the other side. I don't either. The, uh, 
the other choice, the option is to do nothing. The option of not walking with God in faith is to do nothing. Now I'm going to ask you point blank. Is doing nothing okay with you? Don't answer me. <laughs> is doing nothing okay with you? I'm going to tell you right now, it's not okay with me. It's not okay with me to spend the rest of my life doing nothing. It's not okay with me when God opens a door, say, ah, I'm scared to go through the door. I get that. I'm scared to build the ark. I get that. I really do. But the option, the choice of not going through the door is staying exactly where I'm at and doing nothing. If doing nothing's okay with you, you and I are not on the same page. And I just, I am not content to spend the rest of my life doing nothing. Now, the problem with all that is once you start doing stuff, you're going to stick the nose of your chainsaw in the uh, rocks every once in a while. All right? You're going to do that. You're going to mess up on a row of those one-by-six slats. You're, you're going to do that. You're not going to cover the inside and the out, the pitch, just right. And you're going to have to take some off and do it again. And you're going to fail along the way. But you're doing something, and God's going to take what you're doing, and he's going to bless that. And you know what? The whole thing about building the ark is to save lives. To save lives. And that's what this is all about. This isn't about you know, how good you do, how talented you are. It's all about, but you're going to save lives. And I hope that that gets in your bones. And as the Holy Spirit gives you that unction, you can make excuses all day long. Or you can say, God, I'm ready to stop making, making excuses. And I'm going, to, I'm going to walk through that open door. I have no idea what's on the other side, but I'm tired of doing nothing. And so, Lord, I want to do something with you. I want to go out, Lord, and help. Lord, you help me make some good mistakes. Now, you're going to go and tell somebody, you know, our pastor talked on making good, on good, good mistakes. You know, you know what I mean. I want to go out and make some good mistakes along the way, and God's going to take that and bless that. Now, what is it that maybe the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you about? I told you about the county jail thing. All right, that may have nothing to do with you at, at all. But what is it that the Holy Spirit may be dealing with you about? What person may be he is dealing with you about? What thing Maybe he's dealing with you about what is he prompting you? What, what is he giving you that unction to do? I want you to just start making some decisions. You know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do what I believe the Holy Spirit's asked me to do. I'm going to ask you to stand and the musicians are going to come. This will be our prayer time. I'm going to ask you to bow your head if you would, with me.
What is it that the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you about? What is it? What's he been speaking to you about? What is it that that he's dealing, and you're uh, maybe afraid? I, I understand that. You're unsure. I understand that. I don't know how to. I understand that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I, for some reason, the Holy Spirit just won't let me go about this. For some reason, he just won't stop. He wants me to do this or say this or go there or for some reason, he just won't let me stop. He won't turn me loose. And I'm afraid and I'm unsure and I don't know, but, but I want to step out on faith and do what I believe the Holy Spirit's talking to me about, giving me that unction about. If you need to come and pray about anything, if you need to come and pray about some things that maybe the Holy Spirit's dealing with you about, while they play and sing, this is our this is our prayer time. You can come and you can come kneel at an altar. You can stand here. You can have a seat on the on these front front rows. Whatever it is, if you need to come and pray about what the Holy Spirit is dealing with you about, then we invite you to come and pray. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more, stronger than darkness, new every morn, our sins they are many, His mercy is
Oh 